Hey guys, welcome to Not Just a Hashtag podcast presented by Trees of Hope. I'm your host, Nicole Escobar. On this podcast, we will be discussing the epidemic of sexual abuse, its realities, and the unfiltered ways in which it has affected all of our lives. We share our personal stories and how our lives have been restored. While this podcast is for everyone, we do want to let you know that we use several trigger words and this is geared more towards adult audiences. This podcast is for anyone who wants to educate themselves on the statistics behind sexual abuse, signs to look out for, and how to prevent it from happening. So let's get to it. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to Not Just a Hashtag Podcast. I am your host, Nicole, and as always, I'm here with mental health counselor, Kristen Torres. Hey, Kristen, how are you doing today? Good, good, Nicole. Again, so glad to be here. Really looking forward to our topic today. Yeah, I just want to remind everyone, too, that um, that our podcast is really for educational purposes only. This does not um, constitute official advice or and definitely does not take the place of advice from your doctor or your therapist. So just glad you're tuning in. We really hope you find some encouragement from this. Amen. So if you've been following along with us for the past three months, you know that we are in this four-part series based on the book Search for Significance, which was written by Robert McGee. But if this is your first time joining us, here's a quick recap. This book, Search for Significance, is a book about asking ourselves the honest question, where in my life am I placing my worth and value based on my abilities or lack of abilities? So in the first episode of this series, we talked about the idea that self-worth is not based on our performance. If we get caught in this lie or this trap, we believe that if we are successful, then we will be happy and we will feel good about ourselves and we will have a good life. But the problem comes when real life happens and we are not successful, right? The reality is, is that we cannot always get it right. We are going to let people down. We are going to make people unhappy with our performance. So the question then becomes, and the question that we have to wrestle with is, What happens to my perspective about myself when I don't succeed? Do you still look at yourself with value and as and as a person of worth or do you base your entire worth on that one failure? I struggle with this so much because I am a perfectionist at heart and I always want to look perfect on the outside. I struggle with this one. Um, And I'm going to share a story in a minute about um, something I did recently where I did base my entire worth on my failure. So in the second episode, we talked about the idea that we can be approval addicts when we try to do anything to get the approval of other people in our lives. So this lie tells us that if we have their approval, then we are valuable. But the problem with this is that as we, as normal life would have it, we can't always get people's approval. We can't always make people happy. So this lie is based on how people perceive us. And this can lead to an unhealthy emotion of anger and resentment towards people if they reject us. But it can also become an issue with controlling people because we work hard to create a perception of who we want people to see us or how we want people to see us as. 
So we also can be closed off to authentic relationships and hide behind a facade that we've created for ourselves um, that's not true and genuine of who we truly are. And that's doing ourselves a disservice mm-hmm. and our friends a disservice because they don't get to know our true self. They only get to know who we want them to know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who wants to be friends with anybody like that when it's fake? So in this episode, we are going to unpack lie number three, which says, because I have failed, right? Because I don't meet people's performance or, or sorry, because I, um, because I didn't perform well, or I failed at something, right. Or I was unsuccessful. That's lie number one. Then lie number two is because I didn't get someone's approval. So the lie number three is because I failed, right. I am unworthy and deserve to be punished. So as you see, they tie into each other. One trickles down to the other. And so this lie results in self-loathing or blaming others for our failures. So and some of you may be in that category when you fail because you're so desperate not to fail or let people see that you fail, that when it happens, you're looking to blame somebody else for the failure. So then you become the victim. So I see this a lot in my marriage. I see this a lot in very close relationships that I have when it's a constant problem that keeps coming up and maybe it's a friction between the two of us or it's a friction between me and a friend. And it's easier to blame the other person for the problem and to say, well, it's you that's doing this. And because you did this, I'm doing this. And sometimes I find myself saying that and I feel so stupid after I hear it. I'm like, okay, you just Mm -hmm. sounded like a little baby when you said that, like, well, you know, when you said this, it made me feel this way. And I wanted to retort back and say this. And it's like, okay, we're not getting anywhere (laughs) with that. So Mm -hmm. Kristen, How does blaming others for our failures create that victim mindset? Well, and I I think, first of all, it just can be very disempowering. You know, as soon as we blame someone else, then all of a sudden it may have an immediate feeling of relief. Like, ooh, I can like drop this. It's not mine to own, right? I don't have to look look at anything of my own behaviors or choices and so forth. But again, it just, I think it's disempowering. You know, so then also when you hand hand that off and it's and put it on someone else, then what are you going to do? Like, what where does that leave you? Whereas if you stop and reflect and um and own your side of the street, which is all you're responsible for, anyways, right? Stop, reflect, look at like what's going on on my side of the street. What do I need to own in this? While this person may have done this, this, and that, that made me upset or that hurt me, my response was also not the best or not the healthiest or wow, all I really wanted to do was hurt them back. None of that was good. So then you're empowered. You could actually do something about the situation or making a change on your side of things um, to not continue a, a, a pattern, right? That may be going on that's dysfunctional or unhealthy. But if you just solely put it all on someone else, again, it's just very, it takes all the power away from you. It's disempowering. So it, it, again, I'll, I just say that a lot, right? You're responsible for your side of the street. 
we can't control what someone else feels. We can't control what someone else does. We can't control any of those things. We can only control what we do and also what our response is to what someone else does, right? Or putting limits when we're not okay with what some when someone else has gone maybe too far and some saying something or treating us a certain way. We are definitely responsible for speaking up and saying, I'm not okay with that. But again, we can't control them. But in a situation where there's been a failure or a mistake or something has happened, if we put it all on someone else, we give away all of our power. So does that make help? Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you were talking, the first things that came to my mind is, is it takes courage and humility to take on and to recognize when we have failed, that it was us rather than someone else and to not blame shift onto other people because sure. it's easier. And I, I find that culture is sort of teaches us this, that it's easier to blame shift. It's easier to point at the other person, right? Sure. Like mm-hmm. with all the woes that are happening in our world right now, it's really easy to go, okay, well, the government is our problem. The, the climate is our problem. This is our problem as opposed to going, okay, but what am I doing? What is my social, what is my responsibility here? Right. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think it's, I think whenever we fail, we always want to look for someone to blame. And so when we do blame ourselves, we may say things to ourselves like, I'm such a failure. I deserve to be punished. Or which I find myself doing is when I fail, I'm like, oh gosh, God is mad at me. He's going to punish me. Right? So the question to you is what does this look like in your life? Are you a person when you fail, you feel like a total loser that you have no value and no worth and everything is dependent upon that one failure that, you know, erases all the good that you've done in your life. And you just focus on that one failure. So I have a story to share. Um, it's, it's going to make me feel better if I get this off my chest. Cause I, I had this happen to me and I'm so embarrassed, but I want to just walk you through really the steps that I took to, to get over it and walk myself through it. And maybe this will be helpful to you. So, um, as I've talked about many times, I'm a foster parent now, and we work with an organization, a local one here where I, they ask trees of hope to come in and do talks on the topic of sexual abuse for the foster parents who have not started becoming foster parents yet, but are preparing to. And we want to just get them ready for the fact that some foster children come through and have sexual abuse. And what I have found is that um, I also use that time to say to them, hey, if you've been sexually abused, now this look at me being here as a sign that you have to deal with this it's time to deal with this because i will say becoming a foster parent and becoming a parent in general has i wouldn't say triggered certain things but i found that if i'm not if i if i hadn't walked through healing and been um consistent on dealing with my emotions and seeing certain things that he does now that I would be, I wouldn't have be, I wouldn't be as healthy as I am to deal with it the way that I've been dealing now. So that leads me into my little guy uh, has been taking shower, ba- little baths together. We, we don't take baths together, but I bathe him in a tub in the sink and mm-hmm. um, 
he okay so just recently he started playing with himself he started fondling himself and so he has discovered his his man parts and i told my husband i go babe um you know he's doing this and he goes all boys do that and i was like oh okay so i was like and he goes but so then the next day he came to me and he's like but babe don't shame him when you when he does that don't yell at him and go no because what you'll teach him at an early age is something's wrong with doing that right and so what i had realized is that if i wasn't healthy i would that would have been my first reaction cuz i actually almost did i almost smacked his hand away <laughs> Um, so I'm on this conference meeting, I'm talking to the parents about having the anatomically correct name for body parts. And I'm telling them about this situation. And I say the street terminology for his penis, I say balls Mm. and it's okay to say here because this is a different context, but I said it on a platform where it was like 20 people. And I said that word. So it came out. I said, well, he's, he's been grabbing his, and I said that, right. So you're saying rather than saying like testicles, testicles. Yeah. 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 So I felt an instant sense of shame and regret when it happened, Mm -hmm. but I kept talking. So now the next question was, um, tell us your experience about being a foster parent. And so I go into that and I'm just, you know, I'm an emotional ball of mess right now. And I, I started talking and I just started bawling, crying. I just could not stop crying. And I was like, like I, and usually my husband's with me, but he was out of town. So I felt really silly, like, oh gosh. And I, I got through it. I saw, you know, people had emotion in their eye. And I mean, you can't help it when someone's crying. It's like, you know, and, um, so I was like, okay, this was a bad this was one of your bad talks, right? So I hang up. She asked, she goes, does anyone have any questions? No one had questions. So a few people made comments in the chat of just, you know, thanking me and blah, blah, blah. Um, But no one had questions. So obviously when I get off, my first response to myself is you ding dong, you're so unprofessional. Why did you go there? I can't believe you said that. Can't you when, when are you ever going to get more mature? Right. Like you, you've been doing this forever. Like when is it going to happen where you don't use street terminology, Nicole, you're an embarrassment to trees of hope. You're an embarrassment to yourself. You're an embarrassment to this marriage. Like I went on and on. I text my friends and I was like, dude, I'm on, I'm on a cliff. Like, you know, and I told them what happened. They were like, LOL, that's not even a big deal. Chill out. Like you're totally cool. So then I called Raf cause I couldn't talk. He wasn't able to talk at that moment. I was like, babe. And he was like, babe, it's not a big deal. Don't even worry. He goes, and to be very honest with you, if they remember that over all the, the five points that you gave them on how to have conversations with their children, you know, that's on them, right? They're focusing on the wrong thing. And so the next day I was like, I woke up, I was like, all good. Like, and so what I started doing was I started saying to myself, okay, wait, how, think about a time where you did a really good speech, right? And I started going down that trail. What were the things that you liked about yourself then? Well, I liked the way that I was slow to speak and I was cautious about what I said and I was more calculated, 
So when you went into this one, what was different? And I started having just an honest dialogue with myself of sort of breaking it down of, okay, there, we had two different types of things that happen here and use it as a learning lesson where, yeah, let's try to be more professional. And when we're talking about anatomically correct names, let's use the anatomically correct name. Right. Um, but Nicole is your worth based on this one time? No. And, and then I had to reassure myself of my worth is based on how God sees me. Right. And how I see myself. Mm -hmm. And then I just started asking myself, okay, so how do you see yourself, Nicole? Because it sounds like it's very waver, you know, it's all over the place. It's ebb and flowing. Right. And so that's something I wanted to lean more deeper into that week is okay, your narrative in your head is really messing you up right now. And Mm. you are solid, like you're a solid person in who you are, but this is messing you up. Why? Why? Because at the end of the day, I don't want people to see me as unprofessional and that affects my character, right? Mm. But so then let's go at that. Let's attack it. Your character is not based on what they think. Your character is based on, you know, you, it's not based on my abilities. It's not based on the Mm -hmm. things that I do. It's based on, yes, who God says that I am. It's period. Because if it's based on anything else, then it's, it's going to go with the, the, the waves of life. And that's why I just, I, you know, and, but it is also important that I believe that. I believe it to be true about who God says I am. Right. Right. So wow, Nicole, what a story to share that you <laughs> went through too, right? Um, like just what stuck out to me is like how quickly like you like uh did a deep uh like just dove, right? Fell into that cliff or that that um pit of negativity and tearing yourself down so quickly. Right. And I think all of us can do that. Um, I think we all just based on the things that we've, we, and we've talked about some of this, but based on the things that we've been through in our past and so forth, or things that have been said to us or things that have happened or just a multitude of things, we, we all have different sensitivities. So for some of you, you may hear the story that Nicole shared and think like that wouldn't have triggered like that. I wouldn't have gone that far or whatever, but let me tell you, it may not have been that particular story for you, but you can probably, if you're honest with yourself, sit here and say, but this other thing would have triggered me to go that far because I know we all have those things that can be very, very sensitive areas for us that will take us into those really, really negative places even if we've had a whole lot of growth that we've worked on. So Nicole, I'm just really glad that you did exactly what you should do, right? Which is you said, wait a second here. I need to get some reality checks from people who know me and love me well, right? And that was so good because they they immediately were able to like speak truth into the situation. And then you also like stopped then when you had kind of stopped that cycle of that, like jumping, like falling into that pit, right? Um, then you like stop and stopped and really reflected on what's going on here for me. You know, where, where is that weakness that I still need to kind of look at or um, go back and bring truth into this situation? Um, because this is all of us. You know, just so any of you, in case any of you are, are sitting here or driving here, wherever you are, right, listening, um, 
and you're thinking to yourself, once you go through this process of really asking, where does my worth come from? Where am I looking my, um, where am I finding my significance? You know, um, this is not a one and done thing. This is a lifelong thing. And Nicole's um, example, this whole story is such a reminder of that, that even if we've done a lot of good work, we can really still be triggered into really negative, dark places. Um, and that's okay. You don't have to stay there. And so Nicole's example was, I think, so good of something important things to do, which is that go in, <clears throat> get some reality checks from safe people that know you, love you, are going to speak truth to you, and then go back to God's word, like you said, uh, like you were saying, Nicole, of like, what does he say about you, that you are worthy, that you are loved, that he loved you so much, in fact, that he died for you. And that's a lot of, and that's what I, I know that we want to get into, um, you know, even more today, right? Is the fact that when we mess up, even if it's something that was a really honest mistake, not like what you'd shared, Nicole, of what you did was just an honest, like slip mm -hmm. in a sense, not a grievous, you know, um, error or, or fault or, something that you willingly like chose to go do something wrong. But let's let's take all of that, just like a slip like that or something that's grievous, right? Like all the way to the other extreme. The bottom line of it is, is that <clears throat> when we have come to accept the Lord, he has taken that all the punishment for any of our wrongdoings, the accidental fall or the very deliberate errors or wrongdoing, right? He's taken the punishment for all of that so that we no longer have to try to earn our way back into being in good or right standing. Like how crazy is that, right? That's the good news of the gospel. It is done. We will never be able to earn that. And so that's like, I think the ultimate, you know, thing, truth here in all of this, when we're looking at where are we finding our significance? Where are we looking for our significance? If it is in Christ, he has taken that punishment so that if we make a mistake, which we will, if we deliberately make a mistake or we fall and slip and make a mistake, it is all done. It is done. We don't have to punish ourselves. We can ask for apologies when necessary. You know, when it's some, when it's a situation where that's what we need to do, we can suffer consequences if it's necessary, meaning there's some choices or mistakes that we're going to make, you know, that we're going to probably have to walk out some natural or natural earthly consequences to those choices. For example, if we are, are in a, a marital relationship and we choose to have an affair, there may have been lots of things that brought us to that point. When that gets dealt with or it comes out or we admit, hopefully we admit that we have made that mistake, there's probably some natural consequences. Trust has been broken. We're going to have to regain trust. We're going to have to see if our spouse is going to actually stay in the relationship with us and work through this. You know, there's lots of natural consequences to choices, but the holding it over ourselves, feeling like we deserve to be punished and we need to punish, or maybe we even need to punish ourselves is absolutely counterproductive. Let me tell you, it is not going to help anything. So <clears throat> yeah, it's, 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 it's 
absolutely counterproductive, you know, to do, to feel like, or to act on that feeling of that I am in, in somehow in trouble or need better said, I deserve punishment. Punishment is actually not a place where we grow. So now if we look at this, let, let's be clear, um, discipline, you know, when we experience the natural consequences for the like choices that we make, um, that's important. We do learn from those things, especially when we're talking about kids, right? Like kids need to experience natural consequences for their behavior. You know, if they go and like break everything in a room or something like that, or they go and hit a sibling and so forth, they need to have a boundary set in place. Like, no, that needs to be stopped. Right. Um, that's an, that's an important thing. They shouldn't be allowed to continue that behavior, but the, um, I deserve to be punished, um, or to punish myself is dysfunctional. And so a, a lot of times we will learn this from those growing up years. If you felt like whenever you made a mistake, that it was held over your head, held over your head, held over your head, and you were never able to move on from it. There was no like constructive resolution to what had happened. There was no like talking through like a learning of what had occurred and like, let's do it differently. And the next time and that kind of thing, then a lot of times you will carry that around with you. Like something, you end up learning that something is wrong with you. So again, if we go back and talk about though, like putting our trust in Christ, that who has paid the penalty for all of this. So what does that end up staying for us, right? The Bible talks about in first John, the Bible says that God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is love. This is the, I'm not sure that there's, there is no purer love than that, right? That ultimate sacrifice for us so that regardless of what we have done, it's all been paid for. It's all been done. He has taken the punishment for us. So we never have to be in a position again, where we deserve to be punished. Again, natural consequences of our choices in life, those are here and those are going to happen. Sometimes it's going, you know, sometimes it's going to be time in prison and so forth. Sometimes it's going to be, a lot of times it's more, it's going to be effects on in relationships and so forth. But the walking around feeling like I deserve to be punished is not a healthy functional place to stay. So if we can go back to what God's love has done for us, right? <clears throat> it's not that we loved him first. It's that he loved us first. This is what Jesus did for us when he took the punishment on the cross. He took all of our sins, all of our shame and paid the penalty. He sacrificed himself for all of that. So we don't have to walk around holding and carrying that shame for what we have done or the choices that we have made. Um, we don't have to walk around feeling like in order to have value or worth, we can't fail because we're going to fail. We're going to make mistakes but it has been done and paid for on the cross. We don't have to walk around worried about how, that we deserve somehow to be punished. Again, a lot of times we learn that growing up in some of those dysfunctional environments, that's no longer the case when we put our trust into Jesus, you know, because it has been done for us. So we can look again, it's that continuous looking to him for what our identity is instead of our own perfection, which we do not have. So if we fail, we're going to fail. 
we don't have to try to punish ourselves or look look for someone to punish us. We can just say, you know what? I really messed that up. Can you, will you please forgive me for that? And just and move on moving yeah. forward. Imagine right. that. No, I know. And that's honestly what my final step was, is I was on a run and I just was beating myself up over it. And I finally just stopped and I go, God, can I just be forgiven for this? You died on the cross for this very reason. So dumb. But can I be forgiven for this? And I can't say that I instantly felt like, but it it didn't have the hold on my heart that it had 10 minutes prior. And for that, I'm so grateful. And sometimes it's just an act of obedience of just saying in a prayer to God is I need to release this. I need you to take this. I can't take it anymore. And just giving it over. And that act of obedience does something. It gives us a sense of peace. It it brings us um to a place that we weren't before, right? Which was focusing so much on ourselves. And that was the other thing is that I noticed that it was like self-loathing and I was focusing so much on myself rather than the good work that was done in that classroom of teaching these individuals about signs and awareness of sexual abuse. How, you know narcissistic and you know self-absorbed is that and and you do have to come to a place of like humility of going wow you're spending a lot of time on you rather than maybe what the holy spirit has done here by taking your words and maybe you don't know what you have no idea what god could be doing in people's lives with what you did in that moment of just stepping up and being brave yeah. And talking. Yeah. And and you know, I'll get off this point in a second, but I just want to add um Satan would love for me to really dwell on that one sentence. And oh, that yeah. one sentence would have almost caused me I was like I'm never doing these speeches again. There's no point in them. I I get myself I'm too emotional, especially being mm. in the, in the roller coaster of being a foster parent. So I started going on that and I I said it to my husband and he goes, "Are you kidding me?" He goes, "We're going to take the opportunity anytime it comes." I was like, "Excuse me," right? But I thought about it and I said, but "Isn't that where Satan would want me to be in the oh, place yeah. of forget it, I'm just not going to do it anymore." Silence. I myself. Yep. Silent. Right? right. And how many times did we have you talked about that in these podcasts is like that one of the big, big effects of sexual abuse even is um, your voice being taken away. Yep. Right. So anything that can trigger that, you know, where somehow I'm ashamed, bring shame on you. Um, and then your voice taken away. Yep. Disempowerment. It's all tied in. Love so that's that. awesome, Nicole, that you recognize that as well. I have to tell you, you know, um, also I taught a Bible study last Saturday and there was some point that I talked about, forgot. Um, I didn't really feel like I, I got it. Like that there was some point of something that I had shared that I had been through 
where I feel like I really didn't get in on that point because I didn't connect it all until after the study. Yeah. And I had talked about it. And that same day I found out that same during this study, I got the text message. My husband has tested positive for COVID. I had not yet. Now I have, but all these things happened subsequently. So my brain was going over and over again. Like, I can't believe I didn't get that point home. Oh my gosh. And I was just like, okay, but here I am. Like, what am I going to do? send a, uh, like a message out now that everyone's getting sick in my house. Like it's, I had to let it go again, the same thing, right. That you're talking about, like, God, you know, you're bigger than this. And so much of what we're talking about here is like, Lord, you have it. I don't. And that's okay. Right. I am not perfect. And you can do much more good work with me just being obedient and doing what you've asked me to do not doing it perfectly, but just doing it. And I'm not saying be haphazard and sloppy. That's not none of what we're talking about. We just do the best we can, but we are only human. Right. Right. And God's God has the rest of it. Right. And I'll never make that mistake again. Right. Like that's something (laughs) where, where I could look at this as a positive. So yeah, everything you talked about of um, wanting to be a little bit more professional, making sure to use the, the proper terminology at the right time. You're going to do that now. You're going to be extra cautious about it. So it's like, there's a plus to this as well. And so I, you know, I really love everything that you shared about, you know, what, what I love to do in these, in these episodes about this is really say, okay, how does this lie affect us? Right. And what is God's solution? And you really broke it down in a beautiful, beautiful way. I just want to add that um, there's actually, and I learned this by just reading this book, which I had no idea. I had to actually ask my theologian friend what this word meant. And in the Bible, there's a word, it's called propitiation. And it's like, I say it and I'm like, Ooh, look at me. I'm fancy. I can say a big word, but I had no idea what the actual word meant. And so it's, sim- and I say simply, and it's truly not simply, it's hugely means that God took on what our due punishment was for being sinners and released us from that debt. He, he just released it. And so you broke that down beautifully. I just want to add a few things, which is he came and he loved us despite our failings and our sin. And he took all of that on the cross. He took our pain, our sin, our shame. So he experienced it. We don't have to experience it anymore. Our past future, I mean, our past pains, our past sins, our past shames, our current ones, and our future ones. God saw them all and said, I take those on for you. You don't, you can be released from them and I will carry them. And so, I mean, he basically replaced our sin and shame with his love and righteousness. And it just feels so, when you take a moment and you think about that, when you, when you look at your life and you think of all the things that you've done that were bad or failures or unsuccessful and silly and stupid and hurtful. And you think, wow, God saw me and he decided to take this on and he loved me and he loves me. Right. And he takes it on continuously. It's not just like a one. It is a one and done thing, but it's good to see it in in the way of he's always taking it on for us. 
He's cleansing us with his blood. He's cleansing us with his righteousness. It's, I can't help, but it's just bringing me to my knees and humbling me Mm. and me going, Mm -hmm. I'm so unrighteous. I'm so unworthy and just really giving me a better perspective. And when I say I'm, I'm unrighteous, I'm unworthy. It's not for self-loathing. It's for, oh my gosh, thank you for loving me that much. Yep, exactly. I'm so thankful. It should turn the loathing into thankfulness and joy. and. And I mean, it's just amazing. It it really is. And thank you so much for explaining that in such an eloquent way, um, Kristen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, this is such a beautiful illustration um, of everything that we've talked about. If we really want to understand that our lives have value and worth, it cannot be found in our successes and failures. It just can't. It can only be found in who God says that I am and what God did for me to show me how valued I am. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that when the next moment arises in your life where you're faced with the, with the, um, opportunity to look at yourself as either a failure or a winner, that you look at yourself as a winner, even if you fail because of who God says that you are mm-hmm. and what and how much he loves you to make sure that is communicated to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I hope that this was helpful to you. I hope it was encouraging. Um, I know it was from for me. I feel much better that I got that off my chest. And so mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, I'm so grateful for you guys. And I just want to leave you with one last question to ask yourself and something to sort of ponder as you um, go on about your day. And the question that I also, I kind of challenged myself is with is who does God say I am to him? And so go research that. If you want to Google it, Google it. If you want to look in the Bible, get a study Bible and, and start looking because it is really, really good to have as almost like weapon, weapon, Prindry, is that the right word? Weaponry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when those lies come into your mind to have on a post-it note, a card or something, index card of all the things that God says about you, of who he says you are, if it's forgiven, healed, uh, anointed, cherished, all those things. So that when the negative thoughts or the narrative comes into your mind, the the opportunity to go to that negative place like I did so quickly, you can quickly look at that and and not take it for granted, but look at it and genuinely go, I believe this to be true and leave it there in Mm -hmm. your heart. Beautiful. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we love you guys and we will see you next time on episode 55. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. Maybe even consider rating the podcast or share it with one of your friends. It really makes all the difference. For more content from Trees of Hope and to connect with us, go to treesofhope.org. We love you. Bye.